Welcome back to the podcast called I Beg, I Beg the Podcast. I'll say that again for the people in the back. Welcome back to the podcast called I Beg, I Beg the Podcast. This is your host, Esther. You know, once again on the mic, Helen, in her closet, you know, just sitting here contemplating my thoughts and why I'm sitting in a dark room. No, I know why. I know exactly why I'm doing that because this is the easiest way to do post-production. Shout out to all the people who understand the kind of post-production that I'm speaking. But today you are met with a very energetic, a very fired up, a very amped up for the Lord, Esther. Just amped up in general, but you know what? Forever amped up for the Lord. get into this podcast you know i've talked too much already i've given you a small intro now it is time for nobody asked me the part of the show where we put the fun in dysfunctional the bro in broken and give you opinions of things you didn't ask for so without further ado nobody asked me but don't ask somebody if they mind when their opinion won't sway your actions. I shall say again, don't ask me if I mind when my opinion won't sway your actions. I say this because I recently came back from a trip and it was very stressful to get back home. Both of my flights had delays. I was literally in prayer and then I was in worship. Shout out to Don't Pray and Worry by James Moss. So I was in prayer and then worship about being able to make both my flights and then getting back home at my initially intended arrival. I was actually able to make it back home and both of my flights were delayed enough where I could catch both of them. Now, I thought that's where the story would end. But little did I know that getting back home, that my journey from the airport to my house would actually be the most humbling part of this very tiring experience. At this point, it is well past 2 a.m. And however, it seemed like we were not the only people who were completely screwed over by their airline because the airport was extremely busy and everybody was trying to get home at this time. It was so bad and so busy and so congested that the line for the taxi, I would have had to wait another hour or spend $60 to get on an Uber. Now, some people will say, oh, that's not enough money. Or maybe, you know, you're like me and ah, that's so much money. But to put it in perspective, during times I've had to catch an Uber, to get back home. I have never spent more than $40 
even in the most busiest and most congested of traffic. I've never spent over $40. So at 2 a.m., to then be told that it's going to cost at least 60 to get home, where I'm, I'm fighting. Like, in fact, let me know every lie. I'm not fighting. I'm tired. I'm just trying to get home. So at this point, it is $60 on my piece. And so I said let me just pay this money let me just pay this money so that i can get home quickly so i ordered the uber i put my bags down let me just to explain how tired i was once i put my bags down i just had a duffel and a tote bag i assembled it so that it was just stacked on top of each other and then i just sat on my bags because i wanted to be sitting right at the area where the uber would come so that as the car is arriving i'm there i see you with my eyes we're getting in the vehicle and we're going home now i ordered the uber and the uber is now a couple minutes away i receive a call from the driver saying that he wanted to make a stop for some gas then the strangest thing happened he asked me if I was okay with him doing that. What a disrespectful question, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binaries. What a disrespectful question I had been asked because the outcome was only going to be worse. Either way, I split it. If I said yes, yes, I do mind, which I did, it's late. I want to go home. He would then be angry about me being inconsiderate, about him getting gas and trying to get home earlier. So I'm the bad guy that way. And then if I said, I don't mind and lie, then he would then proceed to waste my time regardless. So how did I respond? I told him what I am dedicating this entire nobody asked me to tell you guys. It is not up to me. You're going to do whatever it is that you're going to do. And that's what he did. He was going to do whatever it was that he was going to do. And I was just going to have to deal with it either way. In that moment, you know, I just, I laughed. That's how I, you know, that moment when you've just, you're, you've lost all sense. You're just laughing to keep from crying with my whole chest. I was humbled. I was completely vulnerable and the only thing I could do was be gracious. It also brought up moments where I am just informing others. I'm just letting you know how I plan to move. And having to deal with this instance where I'm on the other side, it really, it showcased that I could be kinder, I could be softer, in my approach because regardless of whether that person is okay or not with my decisions i'm gonna make that decision i'm gonna make that decision mm -hmm. yeah yeah and he went and he got his gas and i just had to sit there and wait it's not like i can force him and then if i force him then who rates me poorly then nobody will want to drive me again for lift so i'm forced to ask myself do i just step my puss up and decide to take it on the chin do I just try to be more gracious? I don't know. I don't think that there's really... 
I mention this because there was not really a choice for me in the matter. The only choice I had was how gracious I wanted to be to them. And ultimately, in that moment, I chose to be gracious because my time was going to be wasted regardless. And so, it cost me nothing to just be kind. But... Saying this on the mic so that everybody can just hear me and hear me well. Don't ask me. (laughs) In the instance where you are going to make a decision that's going to impact me, but I don't, I don't have any sway over you. Just tell me, just tell me that you are going to be running late because of that. Don't ask me if it's okay. It's not okay. In case you are wondering, no, no, it is not okay. No, I do not like it. No, I would like for you to hurry up and come and take me home. However, I cannot say that. So if you're going to be someone, if you're going to be a a big boy, a big girl, a big person... And stand firm in something you're going to do that's going to impact me that I have no sway over. Stand in that. Stand in that. Don't come and ask me how I feel about it. Because the answer is, I don't like it. Is that, are you happy now? You know, I just, I, let me just wrap this up because we have other things to talk about. This has been Nobody Asked Me. Tune in next time to hear us spiral out over more things that are not our business nor our concern. As we transition, as we move into ghetto Bible study. Oh, yes, vocal. <laughs> yes. Ghetto Bible study. Did you hear the vibrato? Wow. She's a singer. <laughs> Oh, I'm having too much fun just being on this mic by myself. As we transition into ghetto Bible study, we are entering our topical content. So everybody, open your Bible or your Bible apps to 1 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4. I read, Your beauty should not come from outward adornments, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And all the real people of God said, ugh. When I first read, when I first read this, I just rolled my eyes. I rolled my eyes so hard. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to kid you guys. I did not receive it the first, second, or third time that I heard it. We all know that I'm a recovering hater on the beautiful people. And that I'm actively working on not demonizing them as I, in parallel, work to figure out what role physical beauty takes in my life. This has been a question I have addressed in last season and in this season as well. This will also not be the last time I talk about this because 
it truly fascinates me and it's something about myself that is still a work in progress. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do things to feel beautiful on the outside. The Bible talks about how we should take care of ourselves. We say the the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you. What verse is that in? It's in 1 Corinthians 6. If that's right, I'm going to be so turned. I'm going to be so turned if that's correct. But I believe that's 1 Corinthians 6. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Right? So there's a certain standard that we have and we keep as being children of God. And God expects us to treat our bodies the same way that we would treat the house of God with respect. And that carries out into so many things. However, I think that so much of my late teens and early 20s has been fixating on how I can look the right kind of way in order to snag every possible privilege I can get my hands on. As a quote ugly babe, I know what beauty does when it's wielded effectively. As a woman, it is a powerful arsenal to have in your back pocket. It has been much of a humbling process to recognize what parts of societal beauty I can and can't tap into because I so readily receive praise on what I do while also receiving criticism on how I look. It's been easy to think that the grass is greener on the other side. However, in my self-reflection, I recognize how my journey with beauty is completely distorted. When I read this verse back, I recognize that Paul is really asking, what do you depend on to make yourself beautiful? Did I say Paul? I meant Peter. It's literally in the name of the book, First Peter. Wow. Peter is asking this. What do you depend on to make yourself beautiful? That's a question that I've been asking myself lately. And upon maturing and not rolling my eyes at this text, I recognize that braiding your hair, wearing fine jewelry, of course, none of these things are forbidden, but they should not be the source of your true beauty. So the first question I had to ask myself was, how much do I actually care about looks and appearances? As we round up this season, I find myself at an introspective place because of how much I secretly value beauty, my beauty, over so much in my life. None of my accomplishments have ever seemed to hold the weight of looking and feeling desired and attractive. And that's a bitter truth to admit. But it's also one that I'm sure I don't stand alone in. I've discussed in previous episodes about how much beauty, conventional physical beauty, is rewarded and praised in womanhood. And likewise, how much ugliness is rebuked and outcasted. It's easy to admit people I know 
and people I see online value physical beauty over my other accomplishments. It's harder to admit that I bought in. I believed the lie. I stepped into the fantasy. And it's harder still to create this episode knowing that I still have so much work to do till this theory becomes belief and this belief shapes my reality. I'm holding myself accountable to the fact that I'm a hypocrite. I want all the ugly girl privileges. Shout out to me quoting me. I want all of that with the face, with the body, without any of the pretty pitfalls. <laughs> if you have no idea what I'm talking about, shame on you. Listen to our pretty ugly series in season one. As I round up our year of zealous blameworthiness. I found myself confronted with a truth about myself. I just want to be pretty. And life would be so much easier if I was. I sit on this episode and talk about the valuable lessons I learned from having to walk in the shoes of an ugly babe. The discernment. Being able to find other interests. Figuring out who I am outside of what I look like early. Yet, I can't shake this feeling that I got the worst deal. And that thought sickens me. I hate that I think this. I hate even more that deep down in my soul, I believe this. But I know what the truth is even though it goes against this belief system. And so I have to change, not just for my own mental sanity and peace of mind, but so that when I get on this mic, I'm not just talking to talk. I'm cognizant that someone who's at this place that I'm at right now, I recognize that they're listening and they deserve to believe that there is more. You all deserve better. I have to say that I do not choose my physical attractiveness as the end-all, be-all signifier of what I have to contribute to this world. I can't. And I must release the burden of it sitting a little too high on the priority ladder. Beauty is fleeting. And my destiny is ultimately a fatal one. I will eventually die. And this body won't come with me to heaven. And the problem with secretly holding my attractiveness so high up without ever saying it out loud is that I let it influence every decision I make. What makes others think I'm cute? What will help me be more likable? It caused so bad that my brain could factor it in almost instantaneously. It's become a part of my makeup. And I had to let this go. I have to let this go. Because if I get up on here and I talk about how for Jesus I am, Prioritizing my beauty, prioritizing my physical attractiveness makes it hard to live as a Christian. 
in a culture that wants to tie so much of our successes as women to beauty, I have to believe that God expects more of me, that he expects more from me. I could talk for hours about the negative thoughts and poor eating habits that I've gone through, but it all boils down to the fact that you couldn't tell that I was a follower of God by the way I treated myself and my body, and at times still do. And a huge part of walking with God is choosing him over everything. And at times... I want to be pretty more than I want to follow Christ. The thing about having a faith, any conviction really, is that you have to consistently stand on that. It's not conviction if ultimately it does not drive the majority of your decisions. I find myself going back to Ecclesiastes to remind myself of how frivolous so much of this stuff is. I know being beautiful doesn't make me any better or any worse of a person. And that what I'm doing here, what I'm doing right now, these are the foundational blocks of the person that I ultimately want to be recognized as. And I've been ingesting media purposefully to see how quickly the world turns on you when you are attractive and then fall out of grace due to weight gain, due to age, illness, injury, name it. All they need is a reason to kick you down and kick you out. My favorite of my favorite example of this is Oprah. With her journalistic prowess and her undeniable impact why is it that I mostly remember seeing articles of what she was doing to look so great? Grace the pages of magazines for years. How ridiculous have we become that we see great minds and impactful actors and view them through the reductionist lens of beauty? I will never satisfy this world. Never. I was not meant to. If I'm to do anything impactful, I must accept that if I hold so tightly to this thing, this beauty, my beauty, it will be the first thing that they use to drag me down. I have watched enough great female minds to know that the first drab, the first jab, oh you're fat, oh you're ugly, You'll never get a man. You'll never keep a man. You look mean. You're not friendly. You're unapproachable. Even if the ever-changing beauty pendulum eventually swings my way, the praise will be but for a season, and that season will be short-lived. It's hard to accept that I can't Please, everyone, no matter how much I want to, I have to let it go. The mission is too important. The vision of this podcast, the vision that God has for my life is too important for that. And 
is the least interesting thing about me. I know that it's the least interesting thing about me. The life that I yearn for, what I'm actually looking for is purpose, its direction, its respect. And ultimately, it's believing that I was supposed to break the mold. Oh, I sound so conceited. (laughs) I feel so conceited saying that, but I genuinely believe it. I do. I do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was supposed to look how I do while accomplishing what I have. The fact that I'm seen as so likable is actually a little radical. God just built me straight like that. Even with all of my quirks. You love it. You're here for it. You're listening to it. And you want more of it. (laughs) The fact that I enter spaces because people just see things in me and want to fan that flame is proof that I serve someone bigger with a plan greater than what my mind can even comprehend. And that my resume is just that good. (laughs) It's just that good. I've been doing things. I've been doing things and have been conducting myself in such a way that I haven't had to rely on my beauty to get me into spaces. It's not even there. It is not even there even if I wanted it to be. (laughs) Even if I wanted to be the babe that's in this room because everybody just thought I was fine. God said that's not my portion. I don't know how I feel about that not being my portion. But that's not my portion. That's not the portion. That's not the hand that I was dealt. You know, I had to be reading books. I had to be, you know, developing a personality. Getting my charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Ugh, such a drag race stan. (laughs) I remember this was I don't even know how long this was ago that's just proving how much of an auntie a young auntie but an auntie I am but I remember when Lizzo was accepting one of her numerous emphasis on numerous awards and she talked about how she was waiting to see someone who looked like her doing what she currently does Oh, to be the first of your kind. Oh, to have the temperament to do something different. Oh, to exist in a space that doesn't normally accept people like you. That's the journey that in some ways I'm on. I have to know what I'm talking about. I have to live life. I have to learn. I have to go through experiences. I need to revert back into bad habits and then grow again. 
I have to try and fail and try again and fail again and keep workshopping my character. Keep figuring out who I am, what can I take, what can I put away to get better, to grow, to be the kind of person that has earned your trust and respect. I need to be someone who is so good at what she does that you don't even care how I look. I could be fine. I could be not fine. The content stands. The material checked. The facts researched. The unverified facts hilarious. The voice engaging. When I look at older women who inspire me, I don't care about their looks. In fact, most of them have like quote unquote aged out of the cream of the crop attractiveness. To say that it is a non-factor is an understatement. Beauty is a tool like money or charisma. And when wielded effectively, it gets people to look long enough for you to redirect their focus to whatever it is that you want. Now, for some people, that's a product. I don't need to say who. That's, you know, that's completely unnecessary. But for some people, it's a product. For me, I want it to be something that fuels me. I want you to look at what fuels me. I want you to look at what drives me. I want when people look my way, I have a reason completely separate from my beauty for them to stare. Being attractive, being desired, it should never be the goal. I'll never choose it. And as hard as it will get, as many times as I'm tempted to do some crazy, rubbish, unhelpful diet, to exercise to the point of exhaustion, I have to use this as my anchor. I love Kimberly Nicole Foster. I say her full name because she deserves that respect. You know, you know, Nigerians, we know that when somebody deserves your respect, you give full title, everything. So there's this creator. Her name is Kimberly Nicole Foster. She might just go as Kim Foster, but we respect her on this channel. We put our full respect on that name. Um, she's on YouTube. She's on Patreon. Please go support her. Check out her content. She said that beauty is a bad investment. And at first I was just thinking about this, you know, on its face. No, it's not, you know. If you do your skincare now and you choose to do it in your 20s, when you're still young and the skin is still sobble, 
then you'll be able to over time when you are entering your 50s and 60s it will then thank you that's what i thought she was talking about i was very incorrect <laughs> or at least that's what i chose to hear because i myself was also indoctrinated in the belief that beauty runs so much of our world and it does oh it does but that I had to buy in, that I had to also believe in the hype in order to achieve success or to attain credibility from people who I respected or, I, or who I wanted to be desired by. But another thing that we've talked about on this podcast is completely shifting who we want to respect us and recognizing that my respect, at least, I don't know about your own, but my respect is something to be coveted. Saying that I, me, full government, respects you, I want that to mean something. I want that to hold weight. And that can't hold weight if I'm still choosing to buy into the myth that if I just get beautiful enough, if I'm able to be desired by enough people and liked, that maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to one chance myself into success not recognizing that we have seen time and again women who have gotten their acclaim to fame, rhyming, love that, through beauty, they're still, for some reason, always doubling back to show us how they're more than their beauty. Hmm, interesting. Let's investigate that. <laughs> let's 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 ask ourselves the questions why why is it that when we look at women who have done it who have seem seemingly who have seemingly nothing to prove to us who have made it who have been able to climb the desirability ladder and have been able to get fame and money and success through their beauty. Why is it that they're always doubling back to what they've done? Why is it that they want to read us their resume? Why is it that they want to go to esteemed institutions? Why? Why? It is because... That beauty, that physical attractiveness, even though it got them there, they recognize that it's fleeting. That the day will come when they are superseded by some new, also very attractive woman who will then be on the tippy top of the ladder. And so they must pivot or let's even say let's even say that they are someone who's going to be seen as beautiful regardless you know as they age even though they're 60 70 80 like they're still going to be seen as that girl 
Why, why then? Why then are they still reaching for their resume? Why are they trying to tell me that they're a doctor, Mrs. Lawyer, Engineer, Accountant? Why? Why? Because there is something, there is an intrinsic value in being able to offer the world something. Being able to offer the world some sort of impactful product, thought, idea, movement, change. Clearly, there is this human desire to leave our mark. And we've seen time and again that the beauty girls aren't just trying to be beautiful. So why am I? Why? Why? It so silly to say this as we you know are transitioning into how am I going to be a better person today we're gonna start wrapping reeling this back gonna bringing this to a close how am I going to be a better person today As silly as it sounds, I am not ready to prioritize conventional attractiveness. If I'm ever to attain it. (laughs) That's even assuming I'll get there. That's a weird thing to say. That I'm not ready to prioritize this. That I'm not, even if God said, tomorrow you will be that beauty girl. On the magazines. Knowing what I know now. That would be the worst. That would be the worst. Listeners hear me as I'm saying this. The worst thing that could possibly happen for me. It would do literally nothing more than stretch my ego. And steer me away from the mission. Oh, if I just had to take a few pictures. Or walk down a runway. To get this back, this podcast dead. <laughs> Reading out of uh, my hobbies. I beg people want to see my face. They want to see me hammer. Of course. Of course. And, you know, this is part of my mid-twenties brain going off. And, and you know, just a little bit of self-awareness to know, bro, if I didn't have to work... If I didn't have to put in work to receive the things that I have, even though we've established that I'm looking for more than just pure desirability. That most, you know, we've talked about that. But if there was a way out of this and I took it, I would be missing out 
on a future, more grown-up, more self-aware, more self-confident Esther who has opinions and thoughts and something to say and people to speak to. This is another bitter truth I have to admit to myself that even if, even if I became conventionally attractive, that would be the worst possible thing that could happen to me. And it's because there's a lot of prep work I have ahead of me. Fall of my Christians. I'm in a building season. <laughs> For all the non-Christians, that just means, you know, I'm working on myself. There are seasons, multiple seasons of this podcast to write and produce and edit and produce social media for. And there's lots of soul searching to do in between. Mm. There's money to be made. Praise God for intellect. Praise God for this engineering job. <laughs> there's money I need to be making. And there's a legacy to build that lives long after my name and family. I must develop thick skin. I must preserve and deepen my soft heart. I must be quick to love and slow to anger. I must sharpen my mind. And above all else, I must look more like Christ. So if my day in the desirability sun comes because the reality is that it may never come. Uh, I'm ready to refocus their attention. But more importantly, if I never, ever see that day, I don't want to need a pretty face. I don't want to need a gorgeous body to get people's attention, to get the people going. I must aspire to more. I have to see who this person is after years of molding and pressure and knowledge and learning. That's more important. It is. No matter how deep the desirability pressure gets this is more important i keep saying this over and over again and it's i hope it doesn't come off as me hounding other people it's really me hounding myself that this is more important investing in this this is more important learning how to get good at talking to you guys and being insightful and yet engaging, that's more important. So if you like this episode, if you liked what we did this season, if you like these t- 
topical not only episodes but seasons our year of zealous blameworthiness coming to a close if you like this if you like me you know forget all of this nonsense if you like me <laughs> if you like me me esther if i do something for you even if you don't like me if you if you dislike me enough you should follow us on social media we are available on Instagram, on IG at abegthepod. That's A-B-E-G-V. Never forget the V. P-O-D. Follow us on social media. We are there. We are doing things. We are reading books. We are sharpening our minds. I am so excited. I'm so proud of the work that has been done this season. And I'm excited to do more of it. <laughs> we still have our final, you know, recap episode of the year. But with this being the last topical episode, I just want to say thank you to the listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just giving this girl from Ikorokoro a chance. A chance to stir up some emotion in you to challenge your thoughts to stand in agreement to insult you many times <laughs> thank you it's truly an honor to get to do all of this Ugh, i hate myself for saying that <laughs> but it's so true if you like what we're doing and you listen to us on spotify rate us five stars please and thank you or if you, you know, if you have a lower rating in mind, please DM at abegthepod, that's A-B-E-G-V-P-O-D, with why you rated us lower. That's, you know, you're allowed to rate us lower. I would just also like to know how I can improve. You know, where we talk about growing. So if you don't like what we're doing on here, let us know both through your rating and in physical written format details please because you know i'm listening i'm i have my feelers out my fingers on the pulse if you're on apple music what do you do you can actually leave a full written review both good and bad just don't swear oh as we've learned or else they'll remove the review so even if you want to be like oh that was the effing best podcast ever and i just want to listen to it and remove the effing you know censor it <laughs> Or even if you want to say that was the worst podcast I've ever listened to. That was so bad. Remove the effing so I can see it. I laugh. <laughs> uh, I am on here too long. Also, I don't know why I've been just so musical. This, <laughs> this recording. But you know, that's what you just get. You never know which answer you're going to get. The first one was a very... A very introspective, very soft and calm Esther. And this Esther is, you know, she's a, she's riled up. <sighs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm cutting myself off. I'm cutting myself off. I am going goodbye.